Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. prays over our kids, she prays over our family often, and I just am grateful, and you guys should be grateful that you have people that pray over you, that are unashamed of the gospel. Very excited I get to preach with you guys again today. Uh, I had to fight for it this time, you know. Pastor Mike wouldn't let me, so I broke his wrist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did not break his wrist. Something else broke his wrist. And uh, we're just thankful that Pastor Mike is here with us today. Yeah. And it, it could have been a lot worse, but uh, he's going to have surgery. Thank God for doctors, right? You know, he's uh, using wisdom. He's going to the doctors, and the doctor's like, hey, uh, brother, you need to have some surgery, or else we're going to have to break it again. He's like, no, don't break it again. No, it's a, they're going to do a quick surgery. It's an in-and-out type thing, and he's going to be back to what he was, probably better, you know, the bionic man, he's going to have some extra power in there, and uh, he's going to be back full, fully recovered in four months or less. We're believing for the less part because God's good, and we pray over a speedy recovery for Pastor Mike, amen? Uh, I am so excited that I get to share with you guys about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and so many of us, if on the street, if you say, hey, what's the gospel of Jesus Christ? Most people truly don't know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. You might say, oh yeah, the world doesn't know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. That's true, but most people who go to church have no idea what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. And if you ask people, they'll say, oh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is Jesus died for my sin. It's the good news. He made peace with God. That is part of the gospel, but that is not the gospel in its entirety. And see, if we don't know the gospel in its entirety... We can end up going to church and just going to church and showing up to church and kind of getting dry. Anybody felt dry at church? You just come because your wife made you or somebody made you or you're like, you know, I went and God, I'm like, all right, God, I went to church. Now I'm good for a couple months and I feel good. And we get our spiritual bath, you know, we're like, all right, I feel good. And see, that is what happens when we don't understand what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. The gospel of Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ. See, you know how you have in the Bible, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? That's the four Gospels, and what they do, it's the Gospel is the revealing of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, as the Son of God, who came into the world to bring His Father glory. It is not the Gospel to bring us glory. It is not the Gospel to bring us um, anything we want, anything we need. It's not the gospel to bring us happiness. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the revealing of who Jesus Christ is. And unless we know who Jesus Christ is, we are never, as a church, as corporately, as the church body, we are never going to do what we're called to do. You know, the Bible says that the church is called to preach the gospel. Now, preaching is literally this simple. This is what it means in the Bible. Talk to your friends and family about who Jesus Christ is. But how can we talk about who Jesus Christ is if we only know him and he's the guy that died for me? Let it rain. No, I'm just kidding. 
starting to rain here on Facebook, if you're wondering why I said that. How are we going to let our friends and family know if we only know Jesus? He's the guy that died on the cross for me and rose again. You'll never have victory in your life if that's all you know about who Jesus Christ is. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you realize that the gospel is the power of God? How many of you guys ever prayed and asked God to show up mighty in your life, and you prayed for God's power to move in your life? Anybody? I'm the only one? Okay. Got a couple of us. How many of you guys have been disappointed when you prayed and it did not happen? Well, you feel like it didn't happen. I've been disappointed. You know what's disappointing to God? And he says, listen, the power is in the gospel. The power is in my son, Jesus. Know who Jesus is, you know the victory you have. And see, so many of us, we're sitting at at church and in life, and and we try to get the power of God our way and not his way, then we get mad at him that he's not doing it our way. And we get frustrated that, how come, you know, I went to church, I've gone to church my whole life. You know the sad statistics. Statistically, 60 to 80% of the youth will never go back to church their first year of college. That's disappointing. That's sad especially for churches and youth pastors and people that pour their hearts and souls into people so they know who Jesus is the rest of their life, 60-80% of them will never go back to church once their first year of college. Why is that? Close, but no cigar. We're close to the gospel but we're not in the presence of the gospel. We're not bold in the gospel. We're not bold in who Jesus is. And because we're not bold in who Jesus is, when the storms of life come, when the gospel, oh, Jesus is my savior. If you only know Jesus as your savior and not the entirety, that Jesus literally is God revealed, the word revealed as the son, and the son revealing who the father is to us. I want you to think about that for a second. The gospel is the word of God made flesh, revealed to mankind. And then when Jesus was revealed to mankind, he constantly showed us who his father was. And then he said, I go to my father and your father. And the disciples were able to do great things because they knew the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something interesting, when Paul's talking in Romans, if you go to verse 17, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous nature of God is revealed in Jesus Christ. And when you know who Jesus Christ is, then you can reveal the gospel of Jesus Christ to your friends and family. It is so much more than, do you know where you're going to go when you die? One, that's a terrible conversation starter. We're honest in church, right? If somebody says, hey, where are you going to go when you die? You're going to automatically say, oh, somebody call me, somebody call me, somebody call me. It's an uncomfortable conversation. 
People aren't ready for that kind of conversation. You know what people are ready for? The goodness of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, who he is in his entirety, and bringing Jesus into your life and family. And when Jesus is in your life and family, when you know who Jesus is, then you can sit there and show the world, your friends and family, who Jesus is in your house. And when they see the difference of who Jesus is in your house, taste and see that the Lord is good. They get to see who Jesus is to you. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? He said, who do men say that I am? And then they're repeating what some men, some say you're a prophet, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're like Elijah. And he said, but who am I to you? And Peter stood up and he said, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus blessed him. He said, blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. My question to you today is, who is Jesus to you? Who is the gospel? Who is the gospel to you? Who is he? Is he fire insurance? Let me tell you something. South Florida, you guys ever had to do an insurance claim? Nobody likes to talk to the insurance people until they need the insurance people. We shouldn't be treating Jesus like that. I ain't going to talk to you until I die. And then, whoa, I, I prayed the prayer 25 years ago. Some people are going to get up there, I prayed two minutes ago, please let me in, you know. Jesus didn't die to be an insurance policy. That's part of the package, but that's not all the package. And if you think that that's all the package, you're never going to walk in this life and be a light to the world. You're never going to be able to show your friends and family who Jesus is to you. Jesus is Lord and Savior. He's not your insurance policy. And so many people are like, I don't want to hear this message. I have loved having Jesus as my insurance policy. I'm not listening. Blah, da, 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 da. Guess what? You already heard it, so you might as well stick it out for the rest of it. I got you. Score. Who is Jesus to you? Galatians 1, 6 is this. This is, I am astonished. This is Paul writing to the church that's in Galatians. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Oh, man. Why was he astonished? Because they were turning away from Jesus and they were building their own gospel. They were building their own gospel, their own good news. Guess what? There's only one original. Listen to what else he says. <laughs> Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of who? Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. And this is important. Paul's saying this. He writes it right again. He said, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God. Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Are we trying to please our friends that we're supposed to be reaching for Jesus by, oh, listen, just, just pray to God. Let me tell you something. You have a friend that's praying to God that doesn't know who Jesus Christ is? You should tell your friend, don't expect anything from God. Whew, that sounds harsh. 
the power of God is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you know this, you can tell your friend, listen, you want to receive from God? Receive Jesus Christ, and that's the fullness of God. How can you receive from somebody that you're not rejecting? I lost my wallet in Orlando. This was so frustrating. We went and played golf. It was awesome Congo River golf in Orlando. It's probably like four stories. It was like a mountain in Orlando, okay? It starts pouring down rain. I lost my wallet. We looked everywhere in our room for the wallet. We couldn't find it. Went drove or called the place, and they never answered the phone. You ever call a place expecting to get an answer, and it just rings, and then the phone company's like, just stop. And it hangs up on you. I mean, maybe they don't say it, but that's what I feel like it says. Just stop. You know, they don't want to talk to you. Just goodbye. <laughs> that's might as well be what they're saying. You're not important enough. They already got your money. Move on. So I drove there. And the girls at the desk, they go, I say, hey, I lost my wallet. And they're like, well, give us your number and we'll call you if we find it. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm leaving right now. I need to go back home. It's over three hours away. And they're like, well, we're not allowed in the manager's office and the manager's busy. I was like, so? I said, can I go look for my wallet? And they're like, ah. I was like, well, I'm going to go look for my wallet. Thank you. And they go, Okay. Sometimes you just got to be pushy. So I'm sitting there going through and walking past families playing putt-putt golf, and they're looking at me weird, and I'm looking, I'm like, what? Lost my wallet. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't look at them with an attitude. I was just frustrated I didn't have my wallet. So then all of a sudden, I hear this woman going, Chris! Chris! It's my wife. And you know, my wife has a set of pipes. I had headphones on. I was listening while I'm looking, and I hear this, you know, it's like a, you know, my, the thing was shaking. I'm, Lord, no, it's my wife. She goes, the hotel called. Really? They have your wallet. Yes, thank you, Lord. So I go, we drive 15 minutes back to the hotel. And I had 100 bucks in the wallet. And I was fully expecting that it was going to be a finder's fee. Like I get my wallet and the $100 just magically disappeared. But these women were so honest. <laughs> they told my wife, you know, we said, if you don't come pick up your wallet, we're going to split this money 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicole came back to the car, and she goes, hey, babe, I really feel like we should give them the 100 bucks. And I was like, got to pay people to do what's right? <laughs> <laughs> this is Pastor Chris, by the way. <laughs> And she's like, no, I just really feel it. I'm like, whatever you feel, babe. <laughs> you might say, why are you telling on yourself? Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Why am I telling yourself? I don't glory in anything I do. I glory at the work that Jesus is doing in me. If Nicole wasn't there, maybe sometimes use my wife to do something. Maybe she was there, but it was, thank you. Here's my hundred bucks. <laughs> But you know, that I said, all right, go give him 100 bucks. She came out. She goes, it was so worth it. You know, the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. 100 bucks to me, 100 bucks, I'm not going to lie. I could save my money. I just put like 100 bucks in my wallet, a couple hundred bucks. I don't spend it. One of them guys that 
Love knowing that I got a cushion. Right back pocket. It's there if I need it. Guess what happened? Those women were so moved by the kindness of somebody coming back into the hotel and giving them a hundred bucks. Why? What does this have to do with Jesus being Lord? Because when you know that it's better to give than to receive, and every opportunity is a great opportunity to show the kindness of God when Jesus is your Lord and not just your fire insurance. When Jesus is your Lord, you realize it is better to give than to receive. It is better to be a giver. Now, I'm not saying give your entire paycheck. $100 ain't going to break me. It was actually cheaper than the dinner. She can spend some money on vacay now. She goes on vacay mode. She's like, woo, glory. No. I had to Dave Ramsey her. I'd be like, no, woman, we're on a budget, girl. I'm just scared. I did. When Jesus Christ is Lord and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, all you husbands are like, I ain't going to amen you, but I got you. You know, you give me the look. I know. I don't need an amen. I got you too. <laughs> when Jesus is the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's so much more than just fire insurance. See, if, if Jesus is only fire insurance, how many of you guys spend time talking about your insurance policies? <laughs> I almost got you like, no, I don't talk about no insurance policy. That's boring. Trust me, that's boring. Listen to what people talk about. Interesting people and experiences. You can go to a new restaurant, and what will you do? If it's a great restaurant, you're going to think of your friends, and you're going to call them. Taste and see that this restaurant's great. When you know who Jesus Christ is, that it is the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to tell your friends and family, come check out Jesus at my church. And you can see him in my church. Now, I'm not being weird where all of a sudden Jesus comes down from heaven and we're like, whoa. We're... No, no, no. You can see Christ in the people of Faith Family Church because we're knowing that Jesus is the gospel. We're not preaching an act that was done. We're preaching on the person of Jesus Christ. And that person can save you. You guys getting something? What Paul said in verse 10, am I seeking the approval of men? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. Is there a distinction between your service to Jesus and your pleasing man? There should be. You know, I say, what do you mean by that? There should be a distinction from somebody who says, Jesus is Lord, then somebody is saying, oh yeah, you go to church? Oh, I go to church, yeah, I believe. You believe in God? Oh yeah, I believe in God. Let's talk about something else. Why? Because we're trying to please men. We're trying to please people that we'll probably never see again. I was talking to my son the other day, and he said this. He goes, Dad, he goes, uh, I, I love my friends, and I just want to be, you know, I just want to have a great experience with my friend. And that's great. But I told my son, I said, Noah, there is a good chance that you are never going to see these friends again once you graduate high school. I said, very few people stay in contact with their friends in, in school. Very few. And I said, wouldn't you rather 
spend time betting yourself for a future that's guaranteed versus a moment that is fleeting. You might say, what do you mean a future that's guaranteed? Well, it's guaranteed, not guaranteed. It's more likely that you will succeed if you do well in school. More likely. When you do well in school, it's training you to go to college or trade school to be a finisher, somebody that finishes what they set out to do. And when you have that mindset, that's a successful mindset. And when you finish what you set out to do, you know what's funny? It's the same mindset that Jesus Christ has. The mindset that Jesus Christ had was I'm going to do and complete the will of him who sent me. How can we be a witness to our friends? By being examples, by Christ's example to us. You know why a lot of people don't like Christianity? They look at it as a crutch. The crutch of Christianity. I remember I did a series in, when I was a youth pastor, we did a series on Christianity for dummies. You ever see the dummy series? So what I did, I got my sister-in-law to get this styrofoam, just big piece of styrofoam, and she painted it, and it looked exactly like the dummy books. And it was Christianity for dummies. And what we did, we showed what Christianity was and what it was not. Christianity is not to be a gathering place, and it's something that you're not born into. Nobody has ever been born a Christian. You get born again by accepting what Jesus did, but you're not born a Christian. But society wants us to think that, oh, it's a cultural thing. We, we, most of us in America believe in Jesus because it's a cultural thing. Well, most of us acknowledge who Jesus is because our grandparents and our great-grandparents went to church and they believed in God. So what do we do? We're CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. And we acknowledge a heritage that we had instead of acknowledging the Son of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God. You guys getting this? Ephesians 1 says this, 1, 11 through 12, it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of whose glory? His glory. The gospel is not for our glory. Did Jesus come and die for the world? He did it for his Father's glory and the counsel of his will. He loved the world so much that he gave his Son. But the glory that comes from the awesome act of what Jesus did is not for our glory. It's not like Jesus died for me so I can go get a million dollars. Jesus died for me so I'm going to have the nicest cars in town. Jesus died for me so I'm going uh, I'm to give the church $100 and all of a sudden I'm going to get $1,000. That's the gospel according to me, not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why the world doesn't like Christians, remember I said my Christianity for dummies, is because so many people really do use the gospel as just fire insurance. And there's no change in their life. There's nothing of substance, no, no sustenance to what they're saying. So they really do look at it like a crutch. Because really, in all honesty, most people, their first experience with Jesus, I want that fire insurance. 
And if I get that fire insurance, all right, I'm good. I'll go Christmas and Easter. I'll go when he was born. I'll go when he died. And Jesus is Lord. This isn't a fun message. But it's a message that if you hear it and receive it, it'll make coming to church a whole lot more fun. It'll make what you do for the kingdom of God purposeful. Anybody ever talk to somebody that has no purpose in their life? They're just wandering. I've been that person. You, I've been that person. I've been like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, what do you want me to do? Because <laughs> they have no idea. What if I told you when you're identifying Christ Jesus that no matter what you're doing, you have purpose to exalt Jesus Christ in your life? That when you go into your workplace, no matter if you work at 7-Eleven or you're CEO of a major company, Jesus is Lord of your life. And your sphere of influence is going to be able to see that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus because you know it's the power of God and his salvation. And you know that because Jesus is my Lord, he saved me from myself. And because Jesus is my Lord, I'm not going to go to the clubs with you all after work. Because Jesus is my Lord, I am not, not going to partake in this gossip in the workplace. Because Jesus Christ is Lord, I'm not going to give my body to somebody who's not my spouse. Because Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to put my desires down and put his desires first place because he's my Lord. Because Jesus is my Lord, I am not or I am going to go to church because he says, don't forsake the assembling together the saints. Because Jesus is my Lord, I am going to be a part of the cause of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is Lord, I am going to be a blessing to the people around me. Because Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to train my kids in the way they should go. I'm not going to let my kids figure out what they want to do. I'm going to show them a way that's a good way. Because you know the gospel. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. I hate doing things religiously. I hate doing things because why would you? Because well, that's a great answer. Because why do we do things? Jesus is Lord. Our Lord said to do it. You know, the Bible talks to us and tells us that we're to be soldiers of Christ. What kind of soldier are you for Jesus? Are you one that should be court-martialed? Or are you one that's actually doing, following out the orders? Don't say it out loud. Are you one that fits Jesus into your schedule? Or do you one that moves your schedule around what Jesus is saying to do? Don't be too down. This gets better. There's just a little bit more lemon juice I got to pour on your eyes. I'm, just I'm joking. <laughs> I make myself laugh. Sometimes you just got to laugh at your own jokes. John 4 7 through 10. 
Now, this is talking about the Samaritan woman. Those of you who have no idea who the Samaritan woman is, there was a Jewish... Got to get track, right track, okay. There was the Jews, and then there was the Samaritans. Now, the Jewish people were true to the customs and the traditions of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Samaritans were... I, I will say this, they were considered half-breeds because they went outside of the faith of the Jewish people and married people of different faiths and had different faiths mixed in with them. And also, the Jewish people at the time were racist against the Samaritans. They wanted nothing to do with them. They were half-breeds. They were less than. Is there racism in the Bible? Yes. Look at how Jesus deals with racism, though. You guys ready for this? A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Here's the other thing. It was against culture for a rabbi or a teacher to even interact with a woman, much less a Samaritan woman. So he's breaking the cultural norms here, okay? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would have given you living water. This is, Jesus is on purpose. You guys getting this? <laughs> I love what the woman says. The woman said to him, sir, uh, you have nothing to draw water with and the well's deep. I just think that's awesome. You got the son of God. You got the word of God saying, you'd ask me for a drink. And she looks right back at Jesus, has no idea who Jesus is like. Listen, bro, you don't even have a bucket. You just asked me for a drink. You don't even have a bucket. I just love the authentic response of people interacting with Jesus. How many of us are like that? Jesus said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Bro. <laughs> You don't even have a fishing pole. <laughs> How am I going to fish for men? All right. I got sidetracked, but it's okay. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? <laughs> I could hear the sarcastic response. You ever get a girl mad at you, or she starts snapping? That's what this woman's doing. Like, mm -hmm, excuse me. Okay. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. It's so cool. She still wasn't exactly focused on what Jesus was focused on. Because she's like, all right, give me the water so I don't have to come to the well again. But the, the, the best thing that Jesus did, he was mindful of where she was. And he knew who he was. You might say, well, well what does this mean to me? What this means to you is, is that when you know who Jesus is, and you have friends that are thirsty in life, you have an answer, you have a well, a source of water, that they'll never thirst again. But here's the, the, the other question I have. How many of you have been coming to church, or been a part of a church, or grew up in church, and you still were thirsty? Let's raise our hand. Let's be honest. We should be honest in church. 
Why does that happen? Is Jesus a liar? Jesus said, if you... <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Thank the youth for that. <laughs> oh, that wasn't you? Right. There wasn't us. <laughs> Don't blame us. <laughs> Just go with it, youth. Jeez. <laughs> okay. We should have fun in church. Back to my point. Oh, you missed your cue. No, just kidding. <laughs> if you're going to church and you're still thirsty, there's a good chance you never drank. When we do it our way, we get our results. Jesus is the gospel. He's not our fire insurance. Jesus came and died and rose again to be your Lord and your Savior. He did not die. There's no gospel that says Jesus died so that you would just have fire insurance. Go on your merry way. We don't have people at church giving the fire insurance stamp. Here, take this when you die. Give it to Peter. Fire insurance, okay. That is not what this is about. If that's what you thought it was about, then you'll never walk in the benefit of the gospel. And you will walk thirsty telling people that they'll never be thirsty again once they get the fire insurance. And then you'll feel like a liar. But here's the truth. Are you coming to preach man's gospel? Or are you coming to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's in the possessive form. It's not Paul's gospel. It's not Peter's gospel. It's not James' gospel. It's Jesus' gospel. I came. I brought glory. I defeated death. I defeated Satan. And I died for you. Live for me. And when we live for him, then we don't thirst anymore. When we live for him, we're walking his ways and the power of God. Remember Romans 1.16, I'm going to close with this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who what? Believes. What do beliefs do? Beliefs will govern what you think, what you say, and what you do. You have a guy that believes in being there for his family because he believes in being there for his family is the right way, he'll show up and be there for his family. You have a guy that believes that family really doesn't matter, guess what? His beliefs govern his actions. When we believe Jesus is Lord and Savior, it will govern what we think, what we say, what we do. When you hear a message, you're not going to be sitting at church. I heard this one before. Listen to this. This is what he's going to say. Guess what? How many of you guys live in South Florida have a house? Anybody have a house here? Anybody ever have to cut the grass? Okay. Did you ever get to the point where the grass just stopped growing? Where it's like, and some of you be like, I don't cut the grass. I pay people to do it. Guess what? You stop paying them, you're going to cut the grass. The grass just doesn't stop growing. The grass doesn't get to the point, you know what, you've been so kind to me. You've kept me trimmed for 15 years. Don't worry about it. I'll trim myself. 
I've read this mess. I've heard this message. Let me tell you something. I've watered my grass before too. You stop watering your grass, guess what happened? Mmm, it gets nasty. Mmm. Then we get embarrassed. I'm that guy in my neighborhood right now. <laughs> I just spent a fortune getting my sprinklers fixed, and they didn't fix it all the way. How many of us are tired of telling people, come after, come, come to church, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? If that's the only thing you're talking about, Jesus, why should I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior if there's nothing that has changed in you? Oh, I'm not going to hell when I die. You don't even believe that Jesus is Lord. Do you really believe in hell? You either believe what the word says or you don't. You either accept his lordship or you don't. But I have a hard time believing that you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior if you can't see that he's Lord of your life. Now, I'm not going to leave you there. That was a big one. That was a decker. You know what Peter says? If you, if you can't do what the gospel is telling you to do, you've forgotten to the point of nearsightedness, almost to the point of blindness, that you were forgiven of your sins. You know, I say, ah. Oh, I have perfect vision. I don't. I actually have one contact in right now and one out. One out. When I closed this eye, I could not recognize any of you. When I open this eye, I can even read the words back there. I say, what does this have to do with anything that you're talking about? you ask me to help you when I don't have glasses on, I can't help you. I will hurt you. On accident. I'll be the guy like, whoa, what's up? And poosh, whack somebody in the face because I didn't see him. If you ask me to help you when I have my glasses on or my contacts in, I can help you. The world needs believers who can see clearly who Jesus Christ is so we can help them for what they need. We can see what they need is Jesus. Jesus is Lord. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not the gospel. It's not the fire insurance. You know, it's like, uh, what plan do you have? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so funny, but that's how we are. You know, the church history, the, uh, the Roman Catholic Church in the mid Middle Ages, they literally came up with this plan. Well, you can buy your, you can buy your family salvation. And they actually had salvation plans. I'm being 100% serious. It was 100% accurate. If, if your loved one or friend died and didn't know Jesus, the church said, hey, give us $1,000 and we'll make sure they're in heaven. We'll put in a word. <laughs> you know what's so sad? They didn't have that closeness with Jesus to put in a word. Because God said the power of God's in Jesus Christ. It's not in any church 
It's in Jesus. And Jesus' church is a fruit of the relationship that the believers have with Jesus. And the relationship can clearly be seen. And when the relationship is clearly seen, you could talk to your friends and be like, Jesus is Lord. Why aren't you going to come with us? Because Jesus is my Lord. Why are you different? Because Jesus is my Lord. Why are you so judgy? I ain't judgy. I was judged guilty in Christ Jesus, and he redeemed me from my sin. And because of that, I'm going to spend the rest of my life serving him. Jesus is my Lord. Taste and see. The Bible says we're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing but to be trampled on. Isn't it interesting? You ever have chicken fingers without any salt on them? (laughs) Oh, no, is right. We had some on vacation. I took a bite. I'm like, this is disgusting. (laughs) You know what I did? I put some salt on it. Jesus is Lord. (laughs) Put some salt on it. That chicken went from ugh to wow. When you put some salt, when you put some Jesus in your life, the world is going to look at you. When you're religious, they're going to take a bite of your life. They'll be like, oh, you're so boring. And to be honest, you're kind of pathetic. (laughs) But Jesus is Lord. Boy, when you hang out with Jesus, realize that sinners loved hanging out with Jesus, not because he was compromising and doing everything they did, but he knew who his father was, and he showed him, my father's not against you, he's for you, he sent me, and then the world's like, man, no, we've never heard anybody talk like this before. And then when Jesus is your Lord, you got that salt of life, you got Jesus hanging out with you, you're going to tell your friends, you're not ashamed of the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. People laugh at me, oh, you believe in Jesus? Like, you believe the earth is flat? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, right back at you. Jesus is my Lord. (laughs) I'm sorry. I got taken. Actually, I'm not sorry. Jesus is Lord. I know I'm getting the cue. They're about to put the music on, pull me off here. I love you all enough to be authentic with you. Jesus is Lord. We should be the talk of the town about how fun we are because we know who Jesus is. And be like, oh, that's that's that group of people sauteed in lemon juice. Don't hang out with them. They're real thrillers. I'm really going to close with this. <laughs> For sure. I know you have ammunition. You both have ammunition. I went long today. There is an anointing. And what it is, it means the Holy Spirit comes in and makes it easier. God's effort. There is an anointing on believers' life to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not, you might think I'm outgoing, I am not an outgoing guy. I am not a guy that's going to be like, yo, everybody look at me. I'm the guy that's like, look at somebody else. But sometimes I'll be out with my wife, and I just feel on the inside, start talking to those people. And I'll, the anointing, God's grace, because Jesus is Lord, all right, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I don't know. If you wanted me to talk to people, why didn't you give me some boldness? But whatever, you know, my cross to bear. But when I start talking to people about Jesus, this boldness comes over me. And I ask people, hey, what's good here? They'll look at me. You know, when you first talk to a stranger at a restaurant, they're going to be like, here's my family. I don't want to talk to you. But everybody likes talking about what's good. And I start conversations with them. And people, I'll get to the point where they give me their number, I give their number. 
and they want to hang out with me, and I meet up with them after, and I start a relationship with them, and they always know that something's different about me. Why? Because I am different. It's anointing. <laughs> I am different because Jesus Christ is Lord. In our hospital room, remember that? In our hospital room, people coming in, Jesus was Lord. And there was something different about us. We had nurses come in after talking to us. Oh, there's something different. And one lady came in. It was awesome. She's like, I'm really big into auras and things like that. And I could tell you got this aura. You're good people. And I'm just like, Jesus is Lord. You're seeing Jesus. You're not seeing me because I'm terrible. But you see Jesus in me. That's the hope of glory. Why? Everywhere you go, people should want to be where you are. Because where you are is where Jesus is. Because the gospel is with you. I'm officially done. No, wait, one more. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to take a second, and I'm going to ask you, if you know Jesus Christ is Lord, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, I want to remind you that you're completely forgiven from your sins. If you know that you made a heartfelt decision to ask Jesus to be your Lord, and you're like, man, I feel condemnation. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's no right for you to be condemned. But there is right for you to be convicted to do something. Okay? If you've already accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, I want you to know that you are forgiven in Christ Jesus. Nothing you do or has done is better than the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those of you in here, though, you've played church long enough. You've played it to where, you know, yeah, I did that. I just showed up. I've been a part of it, but I never did anything with Jesus. I hung out. You ever go to school with people like you know who they are? You hang out in the same circles, but you don't know them? Stop hanging out in Jesus' circles. Start hanging out with Jesus. If there's anybody in here today that you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you would like to, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything like that. This is going to be a moment between you and God. I'm looking around the room. Huh, it's weird. I thought there was one. But I'm going to believe the best. Okay. Online, if there's anybody that you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you'd like to, this is how simple it is. The Bible says this, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. I want to give everybody in here the opportunity to say this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe in my heart that you are Lord, that's how easy it is for salvation. Everybody open your eyes. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for listening to what I had to say. Thank you for listening to what the word says. And listen, if you guys got offended, get over it. Jesus is Lord, right? We're going to act like Jesus. We're going to forgive each other. At this time, we're going to take up the tithes and offerings.
This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.